Welcome to Random Gaming Toolkit Entertainment Talks podcast for video games. I'm your host Matthew. Joining me today, my co-host is Roberts. How you doing? I'm doing good. How you doing today? Doing good. Got a kind of an exciting week planned ahead as well. You'll hear about some more of it in the housekeeping and some things that have already happened. So uh, it's going well so far. It's going well so far indeed. Uh, what have you been playing in the last week or so? Uh, mostly I've been playing Wastelanders 3. It's a uh, part of Game Pass, which I can now do on PC. I tried it a long time ago when it first came out as like one of those weekend free day pass things. It didn't really work well on a console. It works much better on a PC. Okay. Um, so it's just one of those things that it's a decent enough game. Um, but it, it's just it's some games just work better with the keyboard and mouse control, and this is definitely one of them. Mm-hmm. Other than that, just been bouncing around a little bit of this, a little bit of that, uh, trying to find something that does really like suck me in as a game. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um. Yeah, speaking of keyboard and mouse and stuff, uh, I've always considered, like, okay, would I be better at, let's say, COD or something with a keyboard and mouse? Because um, there's some there's some people that I play COD with where they'll be like, oh, there's a bunch of keyboard and mouse. Hang on a second. Yeah, there's some uh, players that I sort of play with, and you can see uh, like what system everybody's playing on, whether it's Xbox, PC, or uh, or PS4, because they got like little symbols next to their name. And there's some people I'll play with, or they go, "Oh crap, look, we've got a bunch of PC players against us." Obviously, that opens up people to be able to uh, hack more and that kind of stuff, which is uh, very annoying. And obviously, you've got to report those people and that kind of thing. Um, but uh, yeah, the whole you know precision with shooting with a mouse as opposed to an analog stick is obviously a, a big advantage. But to me, that kind of just makes me try to play better, I suppose, try other sort of things and that. But uh, I've heard from a few different people that you can use uh, mouse and keyboard uh, on PS4 to play uh, COD, but I've not actually tried it, so maybe I should actually do that at some point. Because who knows, maybe it'll make me better at the game i don't know yeah and to be fair it's um you can use keyboard and mouse on the xbox console as well it's one of those things that it really just comes down more to mu- muscle memory than anything else it's like i grew up on you know controllers on my consoles that were way different than what we have now i mean hell i cut my teeth on the 2600 that was that was a single center joystick and a single button in the upper left hand corner and that was gaming mm-hmm. um so obviously there's been several different evolutions and revolutions in terms of console controllers keyboard and mouse is pretty much take keyboard and mouse um it's just one of those things it's whatever you're most accustomed to is generally what you're going to do better on Mm -hmm. i think one thing that might help me is the certain times where 
because uh, like obviously you aim with the right stick and you do things like reloading, reviving, picking up the bomb, laying down, crouching, swapping weapons, jumping. That's all on the you know uh, X square triangle or circle. Um, and whenever I go to do one of them things, I'm taking my thumb off of the right stick. So it's even things to where, like, if I'm laying down, reviving a teammate, and I can hear an enemy coming up behind me, but it's like, okay, do I stop reviving the team? Or you have to pretty much stop reviving the teammate to shoot somebody, because you can't do those two things at the same time. So it's like, okay, can I sort of, like, let go of that, swivel around and shoot them before they've, like, got me or whatever? Um, even things to where, I don't know, like, if I if I'm trying to like reload and then as I'm reloading try to sort of crouch behind something and then move in all, all in one kind of motion uh it's all kind of like on, on that thumb so it's it's a lot of things so I, I get that with if you had obviously a mouse there and you could use that to turn left to right and look up and down uh and then you could press probably one of the keys and do all that in one kind of motion there's probably a lot uh a lot more of an advantage so anyway um how's your playtime with uh was it Valheim how's how's that going yeah, that's, like I said a couple weeks ago, that's been on, put on pause for now just because in a larger group that I'm in uh, from a different Discord, we've been teaming it up, and I did finish the final boss on that one. Uh, I haven't gotten around to beating it on my own personal set server right now. Um, they do have a teased Hearth and Home update coming out hopefully very soon. Uh, once that pops off, I'm definitely going to be you know going way back into that. But I just don't see the need to beat the second boss a second time on my own home server for now. So, mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Uh, well, as you've uh, seen yourself, Robert, in the last couple of days, I've uh, been doing some more Last of Us Part 2. Uh, still trying to get the upgrades. I feel like I'm getting closer to, to doing it, but it's just now that obviously I've cut to the uh, the other part of the story. Uh, and you were with me as well very late last night when I was doing uh, a few tests and stuff on Twitch. I just wanted to like know a few things about delays and numbers and that sort of thing. So um, what do you think of like what you've seen so far, I suppose? Yeah, I mean, you're testing new layout formats for your OBS, things like that. Um, I'm definitely. Streaming, I'm streaming straight from the, the PS4. Oh, so, well, you yeah. had the chat on screen this time. I didn't know that was a function mm-hmm. you could do on the PS4. Yeah, it's, it says something like display... Uh, like viewers and comments or, or something like that so that it's got that that, that you can see on the side because the other way to check that is if you hold the share button or if you hold the uh, PS Plus button but then that like pauses the stream to where you can still hear me in the game obviously if the game's still uh, playing or whatever um, but that's a way to just kind of move all that to the side but obviously that takes some screen space up uh, but I just kind of wanted that there so I wasn't flicking between the menus and, and that kind of thing so um but yeah i was I was basically testing because i i like said a number or something and then you typed it in about two seconds later but there there was a very big delay between like because i was testing watching the stream on my phone and seeing when the number would change um and it was about like a minute and a half or so which is which is a bit strange whether that's different between different people or i know there usually is a bit of a delay with with twitch um like when you've done something and then when people kind of see it or whatever so i was just uh testing a few things um i've tried kind of a bit more aggressively today to promote uh the streams as well because i'm going to be doing another one later at um half past eight is ten past four at the moment so it's a bit, bit of a bit of a time reference obviously um and i put it on instagram i message a few different people so we'll see who uh who shows up at half past eight that will be half past three your time 
and then for people on Pacific time, that's uh, half past twelve. So, um, but it'll be, I don't know what time it'll finish, it'll be from half past eight, so we'll see. And then I'm going to try to do the same thing again on uh, on Thursday, because I won't be streaming Wednesday night, because uh, Europa League final. So, we'll see how that goes. Um, but uh, yeah, it's been going pretty well so far. It's been mainly what I've been playing. I've played a couple of other games of COD. Uh, I have unlocked the um, uh, fully automatic pistol attachment. Uh, I basically went on uh, Shoe House and Shipment and got it done on there. Um, it's a really, really good gun. It's just a case of putting that attachment on the gun and then trying to use as many things as you can to steady it. Um, but once, you, if if you can get control of that gun, it's the, it's the new pistol. It's called the Scarlet or something like that. Uh, if you can get control of the gun with the uh, fully automatic thing, then you're going to really cause some damage. <laughs> so to speak, uh, but uh, that's that's been pretty good as well, um, other than that, yeah, that's pretty much what I've been playing, so, there you go, uh, finished Oddworld Soulstorm last week, did a review for that, I'll probably mention that in housekeeping as well, so, speaking of that, uh, let's get into that now, and then we'll uh, talk about some news afterwards, but let's do some housekeeping in a minute. Hi there, and thanks very much for listening, today I'm here to tell you about our two different affiliate links, the first of which is our Amazon affiliate link. That's where you can shop on Amazon. We can get a small cut of what you spend, but it won't cost you anything extra. So whether you're getting a gift for somebody else or treating yourself or maybe both depending on the occasion we can get a small cut of what you spend, but it won't cost you extra. You can find the link to our Amazon affiliate link in your show notes. The second affiliate link for today is our Kualu affiliate link. If you want to get started with a website and a domain name of your choice, you can simply sign up with Kualu using the link in the show notes. They also have a live chat support system that's in the bottom right hand corner as well. So if you need help with getting set up, Kualu will be able to help you with that as well. The links for both of these can be found in your show notes for Kualu and the Amazon affiliate link. If you would like to get the ad-free versions of Entertainment Talks podcast and support us along the way, you can simply sign up over on our Patreon page. You can sign up either as a creator or as a patron. There's no difference there for the time being. And you can get your ad-free podcasts over there. It's a great way to support us on Entertainment Talk and to get rid of the ads and get your ad-free podcasts. You can also support Entertainment Talk on Patreon at the $3 level tier. This gets you a chance to request a review from us of your favourite TV show or film. But it's one per month. So one TV show or film review per month. It's up to you which one you want to choose. We will watch a few episodes of the TV show that you choose. Or of course if it's a film we'll just watch that film And we will review that for you on that month. And then when it gets to the next month, you can request a new TV show or a film review of your choice. That's $3 level tier. That does also, of course, include your ad-free podcasts for the month as well. Thank you very much for listening and enjoy the rest of the show. Alright, so recently on Entertainment Talk, uh, Fear the Walking Dead still continuing, Season 6, Episode 14. Uh, I think the show is on a break next week for some reason. Um... So it's got two episodes left, 15 and 16. This week was 14. Uh, but I checked the schedule on the on the podcast for the, the show and it seems to not be on next week, which is a little bit irritating because that means it'll take a bit longer for the show to finish. But uh, that's that so far. Fear the Walking Dead Season 6, Episode 14. 
the Premier League season has now finished. Uh, Man United beat Wolves by two goals to one away from home on the last day of the season. Uh, Alanga making another appearance, the breakthrough uh, youth academy player, and he scored. Uh, not in his debut, he's played before, but a uh, good cross from Dan James, and he scored the goal with that. And then one matter scored probably his final Premier League goal. Uh, he's going to be leaving May United probably at the end of the season, and he scored his last uh, goal, which was the winning goal for May United. So kind of a decent send-off for him as well, I suppose. Um, that's that for the, not quite for the whole season, that's it for the Premier League season. There is, of course, the big, big game tomorrow. Uh, Europa League final, the first cup final for the United cast as well, so that's kind of special. Hopefully we can win, hopefully we can play well. Uh, 8 o'clock tomorrow night, uh, I'll be playing against Villarreal. Um, I think that's somewhere in Germany I think but uh, yeah that will be that for tomorrow night and uh, hopefully we can celebrate lifting a cup because that would be really good as well uh, saw the new Zack Snyder zombie film called Army of the Dead I gave it a don't skip rating some people have loved it some people have hated it some people have been kind of in the middle of it um, but I gave it a don't skip rating it's Zack Snyder's new zombie film you can find it on Netflix and certain cinemas uh, my cinema didn't have it listed so I watched it on Netflix uh, my only problem with it was the pacing was kind of off but I liked most of the other things uh, in the film with that so that's Army of the Dead um, he has done a previous film, by the way, called, I think it's Dawn of the Dead, but that's not connected from what I understand. So, uh, did another analysing television episode. This is the 11th one, talking about Netflix's quantity over quality problem. Uh, a few things they've done in 2020 and a few things they've done in 2021. Uh, there is a few things coming out within the next couple of weeks or so to Netflix, but it's it's been a bit of a weird slow start for 2021 for Netflix. So I talked about why I think that happened and what Netflix is not quite doing right at the moment. Uh, Analyzing Television episode 10, uh, also talking about uh, the opposite with uh, Apple TV Plus, talking about what I really like about them, uh, the good shows I've seen on there, what I think they're doing really well, and just overall they're doing some really good stuff at the moment on Apple TV Plus. Kind of uh, two polar opposite episodes with Netflix and with Apple TV Plus. So does that. Uh, did a podcast talking about the excellent return of 90s video games, uh, which is something I'm very passionate about, the 90s era of PlayStation games. Uh, Crash Bandicoot, Abe, Sparrow, Final Fantasy, etc, etc. There's been a bunch of games. Uh, talking about the good uh, remasters and remakes that we've had of those 90s PlayStation 1 games. And uh, a lot of reasons as to why I think that's a very, very good thing. So, there's that. Uh, kind of connected to that is my review for Oddworld Soulstorm. I gave it a must-play review. I really, really enjoyed what I played of that. And uh, that was really good as well. Breaking Bad Season se- uh, season 6. Breaking Bad Season 2 Episode 6 uh, was last week's one. We'll be talking about Episode 7 tomorrow. And that's pretty much it. Yeah, that's pretty much it on entertainmenttalk.org and on podcast platforms. Uh, Let's get into some news. Alright, we've got two kind of stories that are related to PlayStation, so I'll read out mine first, and then we can talk about the thing for Thursday as well. So this was a piece of news that came out uh, a few days ago about PlayStation Studios, which is the actual brand name of, of PlayStation now. Because you've got, what, Xbox Game Studios and PlayStation Studios, and then whatever Nintendo's called, I think. 
Uh, PlayStation Studios uh, has more than 25 PS5 games in development, um, and nearly half of these are um, of those titles are for new IP and won't be based on any existing brand. Uh, according to a new interview with uh, Wired, they seem to have some good connections with PlayStation, actually. Wired, they sort of broke the first bit of news about the PlayStation 5, if you remember that far back. Uh, PlayStation Studios uh, lead Herman Holst, I think is their name, um, noted that Sony has a lot of projects in the oven beyond what we've seen uh, or heard about to date. Uh, granted, we already know about what a few of those titles are likely to be. Horizon Forbidden West, uh, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, God of War Ragnarok, and Gran Turismo 7, for instance, but that still leaves 20 plus games as uh, unknowns. Rumours abound that we are going to see a PS5 remake for The Last of Us at some stage, which we talked about, I think, a few weeks ago. There's a big kind of controversy sort of around that. Uh, but other than that, there's a big question mark over what Sony is working on in the coming months and years. It's worth noting that this doesn't mean there are 25 Sony developed games in the works. Both Sackboy A Big Adventure, Sumo Digital and Returnal Housemark were published under the Sony Studios umbrella, but neither developer is technically considered a Sony studio. Uh, which is interesting. Uh, Sony also recently signed two projects, one from uh, industry veteran Jade Raymond, which we talked about as well before. Uh, new studio, uh, sorry, Jade Raymond's new studio, and the other, an original multiplayer game from uh, former Destiny developers as well. Uh, considering the PS5 game's offering has been fairly light to date, so is Xbox as well. Uh, a reveal of some of these titles, perhaps over the E3 period, would be well received by gamers eager to find out what they'll be playing on the um, infamously difficult to acquire console in 2022 and beyond as well. Um, so we've got that. Uh, so let's just read that first little paragraph again. 25 PS5 games in development. Nearly half. We can't get half of... 25 i mean it's what 12 and a half but you can't mm -hmm. have you can't have 12 and a half games so let's just say 12 or whatever uh 25 games in development let's say 12 of these titles are for new ip which is a lot of new ip and won't be based on any um existing brand the the weird fi the weird part i find about that so let's let's say you got 12 new ip and 12 other games that won't be based on um Oh wait, no, I think it says for the same thing. Nearly half of those titles are for new IP and won't be based on any existing brand. Um, well, if something's already an existing brand, then it's not a new IP. So um, so I guess the other 12 then would be sequels and things like that. Like, you know, Ratchet & Clank's already um, an established IP. So is, you know, all, all those titles there because they're all basically sort of sequels or revivals of sorts and Gran Turismo 5 obviously is, is number 7 so um or the 7th Gran Turismo game uh so yeah 12 new IPs from PlayStation um obviously we're not going to get this is probably over like a long 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 period of time I mean if you talk about 25 games and you'd have probably what three PlayStation exclusives a year I mean it looks like we're going to get uh Returnal, Ratchet and Clank and Horizon this year that would be my guess and then next year, probably God of War. I don't know when Gran Turismo Seven is actually scheduled for. I can't, can't, can't quite remember. Uh, probably a new, um, oh, what's it called? The like Spider-Man Two, as well. 
uh uncharted which would already be um which wouldn't be one of the new ips because if you're gonna have 25 playstation games in development one of them's probably a new uncharted game uh we know one of them isn't a days gone too because that pitch got rejected so you can take that one off the table uh any guesses as to what the not the new ip because obviously we can't guess at what new ip might be made because we've it's new new properties and stuff any guess as to what the other half of the games might be? I know we've obviously got a few of them listed here, but um, any like PlayStation branded games you can think of that we might see more of? Nothing really off the top of my head because everything that is exclusive to PlayStation we already know about. Um, so it might just be more refreshes, more updates, things like that. That would be the closest thing that I would think of. As for the new IPs... I don't have any official information on this, so this is just strictly a theoretical guess. But we know uh, PSVR 2 is coming out soon, so I would have to guess that any new IP is probably going to get tied as part of a launch title to the PS2 as a way to entice people to uh, get that uh, new hardware, especially since it's going to be pretty expensive mm-hmm. as the hardware goes. So Yeah. Um, I didn't think of VR titles, actually. Um, yeah, you could have like a Blood and Truth too. I think that game did fairly well. Uh, maybe like another Beat Saber game, possibly. I mean, I know that's more of a game where you'd put like new music onto it as add-ons, but um, it's not a new game, Beat Saber. It's been, it's been out for a while, so maybe like an updated version of that. Plus, if you're gonna do, like they said before, like with the new haptic feedback kind of new VR controllers. Um, if you can put like some new additions in there for different games, because that op- that opens up just a whole other door of possibilities, um, as well. So there's there's that that could be considered. But um, if you think about sort of like wider PlayStation games, um, I just kind of like think thinking out loud about what other ones could be. You could have like another um From Software game, so like possibly like a Bloodborne two or something. Uh, Sekiro is, I, I believe, third party, isn't it? That's on Xbox as well, so that won't be, it won't be like a Sekiro two. Um, although this, does, I mean, it says PlayStation Studios. It doesn't say like, I mean, I would, I'd, I'd, I'd assume that would mean PlayStation exclusive, like these games listed here, such as, um, you know, the remake of Last of Us, which would be one of these. Um, Horizon Forbidden West, PlayStation exclusive. Ratchet and Clank, same thing. God of War, Gran Turismo, same thing. Uh, I'd love to see another Uncharted game. Uh, I don't know if it's too early yet for an Uncharted 5. But I'd love to see a Lost Legacy too. With uh, I think it was Nadine and Chloe. With, with the two characters from that. Uh, that that was that was quite a good game as well. Uh, something else from Infamous could, Infamous could be possible. I um, also could think the, some of these could be like remakes of old PlayStation games as well. Uh, or re- remakes and remasters. So if you had like, I mean, there's already been a lot of the '90s remasters done, uh, and obviously you, you wouldn't include Metal Gear and Castle, uh, Silent Hill Castlevania as part of that because that's Konami, um, and they're not a like, they're not a PlayStation Studio branded thing. Uh, maybe like a Croc or a Gex or like, uh, what was it called Siphon Fitwa? One, one of those sorts of games. Uh, one of those, one of these as well is probably a Ghost of Tsushima too. As well, I would imagine. Um, Factions 2, if that's going to be... Like, Last of Us Factions 2, if that's going to be, like, a separate game, which I think it probably will be. 
Um, but there's there's a lot of possibilities there. But that, there's quite a lot of games in development. You'll probably see... I mean, you won't see all those games for a very, very long time. Because, as I said, you won't have, like, ten PlayStation games in one year. You probably have, like, three, maybe four. So, um, so yeah. Um, but uh, t- t- let's say in terms of new IP as well. Because I just listed a bunch of games that are, like, already existing IP. Um, is there any new IP you think PlayStation should do? Because there's a lot... It's been talked about a lot that there's... Okay, there is a lot of third-person action games. You know, Days Gone, Last of Us, Uncharted is just uh, just to name a few. Um, Returnal as well is a, is a third-person action game. Ratchet & Clank is as well. Uh, Horizon is as well. So there, there is an awful lot of them. Um, is there any, like, genres you'd like to see PlayStation tackle that they haven't really done as of late not really no but to be fair i'm not on that platform a whole lot um i generally just use it for the exclusives mm-hmm. so that's why i'm more curious about what the exclusive are uh for that because you know anything that i can get on pc or on my xbox because that's you know like i've said before i'm just i just like the controller better on the xbox it's more comfortable in my hands and i'm way more used to keyboard and mouse with some of that stuff mm-hmm. uh but we'll just have to see what officially gets announced and where it goes and whether it interests me or not uh the only thing that's keeping me from picking up death loop um immediately which is a new ip that i am very interested in is the fact that sooner or later it will be on uh, xbox and pc it's not a matter of if it's just a matter of when yeah we don't know how long those exclusives are um and they might be permanent for all i know but you know microsoft does own the company that made them so you gotta figure they're gonna be there sooner or later mm-hmm. definitely because it's what is it? Deathloop and is it Ghostwire Tokyo? Ghostwire Tokyo. Those are the two. Yeah, because Starfield, no one seems to know. <laughs> and uh, is it Elder Scrolls Six? What's the other game yeah. they, that Bethesda announced like ten years ago? It wasn't actually ten years ago, obviously. Um, two. Yeah, when, like when, right before COVID. Yeah. When was uh? I mean, Star. Cause I remember that eat that Bethesda E3 when Star. I almost said Star Wars. Starfield and um. Elder Scrolls 6 were announced. That must have been like four or five years ago. I can't remember. Uh, or, well, to or, be fair, 2020 lasted 19 years, so... It, it did. Yeah, we're all very old now. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see, definitely. But, um, yeah, some more 90s remakes or remasters would be good. Uh, as I said on that 90s um, game sort of podcast, uh, I the next one that I kind of want to be remastered that is actually realistic to get remastered is the original three Tomb Raider games, which is down to which would be down to Square Enix to do. So uh, we'll see if they ever do that. Of course, they're more concerned about putting the modern trilogy on PS5 because that's what they're actually doing at the moment. So we shall see. Indeed. Uh, speaking of uh, game announcements and that sort of thing, uh, there's going to be another Summer Game Fest. Uh, it's actually called Summer Game Fest, not Summer Games Fest. But anyway. Um, so, which was hosted the last year by Jeff Keighley. It was kind of an E3 replacement in a way. This year, it looks like we're getting both. I don't know how that's going to work out. Uh, it's going to be a lot of game announcements. So, uh, we're going to have probably quite a lot to talk about from, from next month, from uh, from June. So, that should be interesting. Uh, so, it's got here listed the 2021 partners for Summer Game Fest. Uh, 2K, Activision. Uh, I think that's Amazon Games' um, logo. Um, what's this next one called? Arun, Aruna, I think. 
Bandai Namco, uh, Blizzard, um, Capcom, Devolver, Detmu, EA, Epic Games, Finji, Frontier, Gearbox, Hi-Rez, um, Hellot or something? Some of these company names are a bit strange. Uh, Koch Media, Mediatonic, um, Midge, Hoyo, PlayStation, and there's a bunch of others as well. Uh, Sega, Xbox, Warner Brothers, Ubisoft, uh, Square Enix, Steam, Riot Games, and uh, a couple of others as well that I've not actually quite heard of before. Um... So yeah, I mean, we're still waiting on... The one that kind of sticks out there a little bit to me is Warner Brothers Games. I remember last year being quite excited for E3 to see if... Uh, to see their uh, three games that they got, which is the Harry Potter one, the Suicide Squad game, and the... Uh, or it's now Gotham Knights, isn't it? The uh, upcoming Bat... It's more of a Bat Family game as opposed to a Batman game. So uh, I'm curious to see more about Hogwarts Legacy, if we're going to see that. We know that that's been delayed out of this year, I think, until next year. Um... And I think it was Suicide Squad that was scheduled for this year and then Gotham Knights for next year. I can't quite remember if that's completely the case. But I think two of those games got delayed. So either this year or next year for for some of those. Uh, I'm just curious to see what sort of mechanics they'll put into that Harry Potter game. Because if you make a modern day Harry Potter RPG with magic, that's just got endless amounts of potential, I think. Plus it's detaching itself from the whole Harry Potter saga. Like, it's still in that world, but it's detaching itself from that saga, because this is set, like, way, way before that. So, that should be interesting. Uh, PlayStation, um, they haven't announced any sort of state of play or um, uh, E3 yet. Uh, We'll talk in in a minute about their uh, state of play for Thursday. I meant to do that a minute ago. Uh, 2K Games, I'm not particularly bothered. Activision, obviously they've got COD, uh, Crash, Spyro, Tony Hawk um, as well. Uh, Blizzard, uh, Overwatch probably, EA, they'll show their usual sports games, I I would imagine. Xbox, they'll probably show some Bethesda stuff maybe. Um, But yeah, the the two that I'm kind of most looking forward to here is probably Activision and Warner Brothers, just because of my interest in uh, what they've got. Uh, Amazon Studios, I think that's Amazon's logo. It's got the same, like, um, arrow thing that Amazon's got on their logo, so I'm assuming it's them, uh, which... From what we read out a few weeks ago, they're sort of not really getting very far with many things. Wasn't it a Lord of the Rings game that they cancelled or something? That they yeah, it was a Lord of the Rings game they cancelled. There was uh, two MMOs. One they beta launched and uh-huh. then unbeta launched it and they cancelled it out. The other they beta launched and they pulled it. And I don't know what they've done with it. Mm. By the way, a little weird fact. Do you know why the Amazon logo is that arrow? I don't actually. Why is that? Because if you look at the original logo, it has the word Amazon, and the arrow goes from A to Z, which is their way of saying they have everything from A to Z. Okay. Right. Did they not used to have that? Well, Amazon was originally just books. Yeah, it was, wasn't it? Yeah, like Kindle stuff or books and whatever. Well, not even Kindle stuff. It was just an online bookstore, much like... uh, um, all the other bookstores, most of which have sadly gone by the wayside because nobody reads books anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and now they have a streaming service and you can buy a whole bunch of different stuff. So uh, any studios that stick out here to you? Uh, not really. I mean, I'm definitely going to keep an eye on it, but there's no game that's really kind of 
in development that I know about that I assume you know is going to be here this year mm. that I don't already know nothing about. Um, we might get some interesting Bethesda stuff, but I don't even know how much of the ink is dry on that purchase set, so I don't know how much they're going to talk. Um, they're going to uh, announce. Um, also, you know, things change. Like, if you look at the last two big Microsoft events, a Nintendo Switch has been very prominently displayed in the screen. And I'm not talking about, oh, this is just the backdrop and that's where they keep it. There was two separate events to where there was a Switch on screen, clearly not docked, clearly put there for a reason, which is why everybody's assuming that we're going to get Game Pass on uh, the Switch at some point soon. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, I'd like that. So... Um, I mean, I can I can understand the, understand the appeal to that Nintendo, and let's face it, their absolute shit online setup. I don't know how well that's going to work. Yeah, we'll see, we'll see. So, um, what about if uh, you liked Fallen Order, didn't you? The first one, or the it was all right. Yeah, um, maybe it's time for EA to show like a teaser for Fallen Order Two, Fallen Order Two. Um, that might be quite good. Cause I I did enjoy it. It was kind of a like a slightly easier Dark Souls game with a Star Wars skin. So it it was pretty cool. So because it had the same like you know leveling up system and checkpoints and like enemy refreshes and all that sort of thing. So that was uh that was pretty good. But yeah, those are the two that I'm looking forward to: Activision and uh, whatever Warner Brothers has got. Because I again, as I said, I think it was last week when we talked about Ubisoft. There's very few franchises that they got left that I'm actually sort of like revved up and excited for. Because uh, I'm not paying attention to whatever Assassin's Creed they have this year. Because <laughs> I just don't want to do that anymore. And uh, I mean obviously it's going to be another FIFA. So there's that. So yeah we'll see. Um, so you want to talk about, because I uh, talked a minute ago about the 25 PlayStation games, uh, you had some information about, because that's all my news anyway, uh, you had some information about a state of play for Thursday. Yeah, so coming up this Thursday, May 29th, it's going to be at 9am Pacific time, which puts it at noon my time and 5pm your time. That's correct. Uh, there is going to be a state of play for Horizon Forbidden West. Um, according to the article that I'm reading here, the uh, Horizon Forbidden West director, whose name I'm not even going to try to pronounce because I'm just going to butcher it, announced that the state of play uh, is coming. It will be 14 minutes of gameplay captured on the PS5 console. Uh, they don't have any more details about the gameplay, obviously, because they don't want to really spoil it. Uh, also, there was no um, talk about a release date, but there's definitely a possibility that we could get a release date or at least a ballpark-ish release date for this game because if they're dedicating an entire state of play just for that, um, then obviously you're going to want it. Now, uh, Sony's Jim Ryan did confirm earlier this year that they were planning for a 2021 launch. Uh, and obviously, no, there's nothing guaranteed anymore, so we don't know about that. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is definitely something... The people who are fans of the game, and I enjoyed my time, and it wasn't terrible. I was, I think there was like way too much stuff in it, at least in terms of the weapons, because you know you had your main bow, but then you had the spear, then you had your thrown items, and then you had your explosive arrows, and you're this arrow, and you're that arrow, and they just 
he needed to edit that down, some of the weapons out. It was just too much to really get into, so. Mm -hmm. I kind of see what you mean, but I actually quite liked that. It just gave me more options. What well, one of the one of the weapons I enjoyed using the most, I can't remember for the life of me what it's called. But you could kinda like shoot these little rope things at the dinosaurs and sort of like pin them down, or the robot dinosaurs, uh and sort of pin them down. Obviously if the robot was bigger they'd be harder to, to pin down. Um but I thought that was a, a pretty good weapon. It was just a case of having enough ammo to do that kind of thing um in certain situations. Uh, yeah, 14 minutes is, is quite a long time. You know, it's not some sort of little two-minute trailer or whatever. And obviously, it did show, what was it, 10, 15 minutes of uh, Ratchet & Clank a few, a few weeks ago. Uh, both mm -hmm. games I'm really looking forward to. Um, I'd say Ratchet & Clank slightly more so, just because of that sort of PlayStation history that it's got. Um, yeah, as I pointed out maybe a couple of months ago or so, uh, to me, God of War Ragnarok and Horizon Forbidden West the two at least currently announced playstation games i'm looking at and thinking okay there's a really good base idea for those games like the way that they reinvented god of war for the uh 2018 um let's call it revival whatever because uh, it's not a reboot because it has the same sort of canon and, and stuff like that from the other games um and you could like throw kratos's axe and all, do, do all these new sorts of like um combat moves and that sort of thing and horizon kind of being this like you know really cool bow and arrow game and you could use lots of different ones and use different um equipment as well i'm kind of looking at those two games out of everything and thinking okay how can how do you go from not a, not a basic idea but a good base idea for a first entry or in god of war's case re-entry and evolve those ideas like what can you do to Kratos' axe what you what can you do to Aloy, Aloy's um bow and arrow like can you give her another different arrow or can you give her something else or can you do something to the spear that she's got or something to the um what was it called you know that thing that she had on the side of her head and she could sort of scan things like if you can do something I know what you're talking about but I can't remember the name yeah. of it was it hollow or something something like that but you know you, 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 you i'm gonna have to look that up because that's gonna drive me nuts <laughs> um yeah when you could uh like you had that on the side of her head and you could kind of scan things can you like do something different with that and like maybe maybe you could hack the robot or, or do something different with that that would be that would be kind of cool um and i guess we'll find out not necessarily all of those answers but maybe some of them on uh thursday which is only in two days time so we'll see uh did you find out what it was called I'm still looking, but while I'm looking, probably the, the weirdest nitpick that I had is like when you got a new weapon type and it gave you a quest to to use it a certain number of times to uh -huh. quote unquote learn how to do that. Um, if you didn't have that quest active, but like say you switched and went to do something else, it wouldn't count anything you did with that t that that uh, um, with the quest. Didn't it? So like let's say you get uh -huh. a piercing arrow and you had to knock bits off of a robot. Uh -huh. um, and then you were going and you decided to trigger another quest and then she used the piercing arrow along the way, it wouldn't count those towards the quest. Huh. According to the article I'm looking here, it's called a focus. Oh, yes, focus. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, if you could, like, do something to where you can scan a robot and hack it or, or something, I'm just uh, thinking of different ideas. Uh, it's actually quite a cool perk on COD that you can use. It's called Spotter. And uh, if somebody puts down, I think it's either a C4 
a proximity mine or a claymore. If you get close enough to it, to where it doesn't, you know, blow you up. Obviously C4 is different. That's not a proximity trigger. That's a, like, button trigger. Uh, if you can get close enough to one of those, so like the other side of a door or even the other side of a wall or like the ceiling above you or just like if it's in front of you, you can, it shows them up in red on the game and like when you get close enough to it, it says hack. You can hack somebody else's like claymore or proximity mine and turn it into your own. Uh, that's that's the kind of thing that I'm sort of thinking about um, as to... Because I remember there was with the... You know, like, the, the little dinosaurs, the the little robots. You could use your spear, I think, wasn't it? And, like, hack them to make them... Not make them yours. You could, I think you could ride it after that, couldn't you? But you could only do that, from what I remember, to the little ones. I'm talking about something to where you can upgrade the focus. To where you can do something to, like, the other bigger robots or something. Um, so there's, like, there's a good combination of things that you could possibly see. Uh, so that's what I'd I'd like. What 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 would you like to see from this uh, state of play? Anything in particular? Just seeing where the the I hate using the term, but where the state of the game is at in terms of how functional it is. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming it's going to have to be a PS5 exclusive. I don't as much as I can understand them wanting to put that on the PS4. I think it's on PS4. I can't remember. Uh, see, I just I think it's not going to look as good. I think it's just going to. They've had so many issues with games that have been on both sides of the aisle in terms of, well, it'll play on PS4, but it won't play on PS5. Well, it kind of plays on PS4, but it plays much better on PS5. Because considering we've already got exclusives for PS5 with Returnal and the new Ratchet and Clank, I mean, they might try to port it over to PS4, but I got to figure it's going to be exclusive. At least for the first month or so to PS5. Mm-hmm. I think one of the issues with having Ratchet on PS4 is all the dimensional rift stuff. Mm-hmm. That's like that's quite a lot of loading and like asset loading and all that sort of stuff for the game to do. So yeah, and we don't know how much asset loading is going to have to happen for this game because remember when you're using that focus, the the asset has different layers that highlight based off of the animal type. Yeah, um, and that's all layers. But they're hidden underneath, so they're not highlighted. But when you turn that on, you're activating essentially more assets to it. Mm. And so yeah. that 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 could be an issue as well. So yep, we'll see. We'll see. Um, yep. So that's uh, yeah, that's Horizon. What's it called again? Forbidden West. Um, and maybe we'll see some more about um, because this is basically I can't remember what the environment was, but it's got like different environments and stuff, and we'll see if that kind of plays a part mm-hmm. or, or something. So. Anyway, uh, it's a good sort of game as well for, like, big-scale fights as well. Like, if you're in a massive open field and you've got, like, all these big dinosaurs and you're trying to sort of, like, trip them up or make them fall down or... Uh, I, I quite liked that aspect as well. So, um, there we go. Uh, all right, what else do you want to talk about today? Well, we have the official breakdown for queuing up for the virtual event for that is E3 this year. Um, the official E3 site is up, which is e3expo.com. Uh, if you are uh, an industry professional or content creator, uh, registration starts Monday, May 31st. If you're a fan, then that begins on June 3rd. And they separate that out because there's actually going to be various portals of access depending on how you sign up. Uh, if you get press credentials, you can start accessing the, to- uh, the portal site which gains you access to the web portal, the app, 
video conferencing, virtual booths, avatar creation, and online forums. Uh, industry professionals and content creators get access to June on June 12th. Uh, everybody else gets events as they come live June 12th to the 15th. Um, you can also just watch these streams on E3's Twitch page or YouTube page, so you don't really need to sign up anything like that. And like I said, this is an all digital event, but I'm assuming they're just spacing that out for you know so they don't overload everything on the front end when it uh, first goes live. Mm. Yeah. So, uh, no, it won't be something I'll be. It won't be something I'll be signing up for. I'm just going to watch the press conferences, all the digital press conferences and whatnot. Um, again, I'm thinking about because if EA is doing one of their EA plays, which they probably are. If I watch that, because I think I've kind of wondered like the last two years if I should bother watching. Because we, we kind of know what's going to come out from those. And that might be one to where, okay, if you miss the actual like presentation, just watch the trailers afterwards. Because uh, in terms of their presentation as well, they're usually one of the worst out of the, the bunch of them. Uh, obviously things are a little bit different this year because we've got the Games Fest as well. Uh, to consider which they're also going to. So... I don't know, with EA I might miss that and then just watch kind of the trailers and then for the rest of them I might uh, watch the actual um, conferences or whatever. So we shall see. Uh, what's your, any plans for yourself? Yeah, I think a lot of it's just going to depend on what my schedule looks like at the time. Yeah, uh, I'm not currently employed right now. Uh, obviously I'm trying to rectify that. So mm-hmm. whatever job I do get is going to seriously affect that because with this being... You know, a virtual time technically doesn't really matter because they don't have to queue into a uh, studio or a theater or wherever and, you know, wait for the audience to assemble, have things like that happen. It being virtual does open up that time slot a lot. You know, having said that, I might be working, so I might be catching up on a lot of recaps. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we'll see, but uh, looking forward to it. should be interesting. Uh, what else do you talk about? Uh, Well, sticking with E3, uh, Microsoft and Bethesda are going to be doing a joint press conference this year for E3. According to La Figaro, which is a French website, Uh, this year um, the specifics weren't revealed. Although uh, a few weeks ago, Matt Booty, who's head of of Microsoft Studios, uh, said they that they have a joint press conference taking quote place taking place quote in a few weeks, which if you go back to when he said that, that would have put it smack dab in the middle of big summer of games that you talked about earlier. Uh, Obviously, a shared showcase makes sense with Microsoft owning Bethesda now. Although it's something that could do event on its own. Uh, If this is a shared event, it's definitely hinting um, that the games that are coming out will be exclusive to Microsoft platforms like I've always maintained that it's going to be at least six months because Microsoft doesn't have a reason to not put it on uh, PS4 or PS5. I mean, they have no incentive to put it on there immediately. They could let that six six months to a year, which I think is what they're going to do. So, yeah, yeah, I I kind of agree. Um, so, do you, what do you think of the chances that we won't? Not maybe this year, but at some point in the future, we're probably going to get Skyrim on PS5, aren't we? I would have to assume so. I mean, if they put Skyrim on a uh, friggin' Alexa, they'll put it on a PS5. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, uh, well, it won't really need to be on Series X, will it? Because you can just go and play it on there anyway. 
So yeah, and that's that's their technical, you know, advantage they have over Sony is that they can put it on multiple platforms. And while it's not perfect on some of the older ones, it still runs and still functionals, and they don't have that issue of it not working. Hmm. Yeah. Do you think with it being on like everything now, with it then probably being on, let's say next gen with PS5, isn't it time to maybe remaster that game a bit? Or, like, do something to it? Cause they it's... technically already did once when it went from... Because that was originally a 360 game. Yeah. And then it went from 360 to um, Xbox One. There was the Definitive Edition that came out. So, technically, not a remaster, but they did do an up-res on it. Was it Plus, was now, it just at a, least... Was it just a graphical up-res? That, like, that was it? Yeah. Oh. Plus, I, I don't know how well it works because I never really did it, but... Bethesda, you can do you can run mods on consoles now, so you can do some some up stuff with it. So hmm. yeah, so but yeah, it makes sense for them to both be kind of joint, you know, for Bethesda games to be shown at Microsoft's conference because obviously they're uh, together now. Um, yeah, I wonder what we'll what we'll see because obviously they've because yeah, when you think about now with the Xbox um, conference, they've got twenty three. Uh, studios to potentially show off not that we're going to see something from all of them but uh something similar would be something close to that would would be nice i i suppose uh i think the next the next two games i'm really looking out for for xbox is probably gears of war 6 if that happens i'm guessing it will uh and uh whatever hellblade 2 is doing because at the moment as i sort of said before my interest in halo infinite is kind of like on a um like is ice thin it's sort of on an ice, ice thin like platform, um, because this I just yeah Halo's in a bit of a bit of a weird state at the moment. But you know they delayed the game. They didn't think it was going to be good enough. They delayed it. You got to sort of commend them for. You got to sort of give them a bit of praise for that. They didn't release a broken, badly developed game, which is good. Uh, so we will just have to see what the reworked version of Halo Infinite looks like, which I'm guessing will be at either Game Fest or. Um, E3 because I'm guessing that game will probably be out like what holiday period? Um, this year. Well, I don't know this for sure, but I have to assume that Microsoft is really shooting hard for a holiday release because yeah, you know, and that's you know, big games like that. That's kind of what they want to target that last you know month or two at the end of the year because they can make so many sales on that. And there's some argument for January as well because. Like if you get gift cards for Christmas, if you do if you do Christmas or do end of the year holiday things, then you have those in January, and then you can purchase that game. Uh, so there's definitely an incentive to have it towards the end of the year. Mm. Obviously, they don't want to release it if it's not going to be good. Uh, Microsoft has been pretty good with that for their you know first party titles to where it launches when it's in a state to where it's good and then they make it better but it's not a broken heap of mess Mm -hmm. do you think within this mix of e3 and games fest we see anything from cyberpunk like any because they do have that dlc plan don't they yeah they have the dlc plan um i don't know that we'll see anything with it um outside of maybe like an announcement of a roadmap just to see if something's coming out new like an updated roadmap yeah because they put yeah. those, they've put those two big patches out. Actually, they put three of them out, I think, but a bunch mm-hmm. of patches. So 
But I suppose the issue there is you've got to put that game in a in the best state that you can before you even think about start releasing DLC. Because uh, I, I know that there's people that like played a better version of that game, like on PC, on like you know really good performing PCs, and they're sort of waiting for DLC. But there's a lot more of the audience that played that game on consoles, whether it was like the next gen or the current gen consoles. Sorry, the current gen or the previous gen consoles, uh, to where they want a better version of of the game because it launched in a bit of a state. So, yeah, may, maybe we'll see some sort of like little video thing or or something from them. Not necessarily like at one of these events, but just sort of separately in their own time. So, we'll see. Because you've got to imagine like summer times let's say like june july august ish they'll want to maybe release something so we'll see. yeah and they'll probably do like towards the closer to the end of the year like uh september october they'll probably do another uh um an xbox event just for that end of year hype mm-hmm. yeah so anyway uh what else you want to talk about today uh, well, we had an interesting, not quite a confirmation leak, but kind of a confirmation leak from a pretty weird source. Uh, and if, this is because I, I'm saying this because I don't know a lot about this, so I don't know what everybody's musical te- preference is. But uh, Jess Margera is a drummer for a rock band CKY. You probably heard of his brother, Bam Margera, who was a feature through the Jackass series, had a couple, three reality shows on that. Anyway, uh, Jess was on uh, Behind Closed Doors podcast um, on talking about how bands uh, finance things through touring, licensing deals, especially now with COVID. Um, and their band had a track on Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 3. And then the people on the podcast asked about the, the band's history with the series, talking about that. And that he accidentally let it slip that uh, he believes they'll be on the new one coming out. Now, this is not a confirmation of that they are 100% on it. He just says he believes on it. And it also doesn't specify whether this is a new entry in the series or they're just going to remake Tony Hawk uh, Pro Skater 3 like they did with uh, 1 and 2, which was an amazing game. Uh, very beautiful. I need to get back into that, but I just I lost all my muscle memory on beating those games. Hmm. Um, but still, that that does you know present an interesting thing because it's a you know it's a rock band, so they could just take what they already had, remaster it, or just import it to the game and pay the licensing fees. Or it could be that they get them in studio to record a new st- a song or re-record an old song, but. The fact that they think that they're going to be on the new one indicates that there's been at least some talking to back and forth between uh, whoever owns uh, the IP now and the band talking about, if nothing else, music rights from the third game. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, we do know that from before with um, Vicarious Visions, who did the, they did two Activision remasters, which was Crash Bandicoot 1, 2, and 3. For the Insane Trilogy and uh, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2, which you're referencing there. Uh, they did get moved to working on Blizzard games, so we know that that's... That it's not gonna, if, if they have got another uh, Tony Hawk in development, whether it's a new one or a remake or remaster of the third, it's probably going to be somebody else. Uh, whether it's whether it will be like Beanox or Toys for Bob or whatever studio isn't maybe doing something on COD or if they are or if they... I, I don't know. That situation's a bit a bit weird and a bit messy we do have an email about that later as well the whole activision uh, cod madness with like nine developers on that on that franchise um 
But uh, yeah, like you said, if there had been no discussion at all on a new game, they probably wouldn't have said that. Cause I, like, if they're hinting towards, oh, we don't know if it's like for the new game or not, um, they must have talked about it at, at some point. And I think that those the remaster of the first two, I think, did relatively well. Um, I think I think Activision might end up doing both. Maybe they'll want a new game. And the remaster of the old one. The thing is when you look at. um, Let's say Tony Hawk. Crash and Spyro. If you're Activision you're probably looking at. Okay the first three Spyro games. First three Crash games. Crash Team Racing. Those are the the sort of beloved games. Tony Hawk 1 and 2 were quite beloved. I don't know about the rest of the series. Obviously then you get into things like Tony Hawk's. uh, Was it Underground Wasteland. or, Or something like that. Uh, like no American Wasteland. Um, yeah, like American that, Wasteland. That game was kind of eh, whatever. And then there's obviously Tony Hawk's Pro Skater Five, which was a mess. And then obviously with Crash, there's all the other dozen sort of post Naughty Dog games, which are all terrible in in my in my opinion. Um, some some of them are slightly better than the others, but they don't really represent what Crash Bandicoot should be. Like not not when Crash is not when Crash is on the back of a Titan controlling him. Like that's that's not Crash Bandicoot. But um. Yeah, I suppose Activision would have to look and think, okay, which one of these old games do we want to remaster? And then eventually, you know, with the likes of Crash 4, a completely new game, when do we want to sort of, like, move on from doing that and then do some new games? So, we'll see. But uh, I would imagine there's probably something in the works for Tony Hawk regardless. I don't think that's a franchise that Activision doesn't want, maybe. Again, they make loads and loads and loads of money from things like Overwatch with Blizzard. And certainly with COD as well, with all the Battle Pass, Warzone stuff. So, we'll see. And plus they got the obviously the mobile game with the Crash on the Run, with all the microtransactions there. So, we shall see. Uh, what do you think Activision's doing? Uh, hard telling. I do think that the reception for Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 and 2 was good enough. Mm-hmm. That they're definitely going to at least look into doing it, whether it's coming out with a new game to make up for the clusterfuck that was five or just remaster three. Um, I see both of those as an equal possibility. So, mm-hmm. yep. So we'll see. Anyway, might have both. You never know. So, yep. There we go. Uh, cause Hey, they were working on crash on the run and crash Four probably at the same time. So, the, you know, stranger things have happened. So we'll see. Uh, anything else you want to talk about? Yeah, the last thing I have to talk about is some big, big news out of the Overwatch community. There was a live stream a few days ago where probably the biggest news came out about Overwatch 2 uh, and a lot of different things about that. Uh, they announced that for PvP, PvP competitions, it will be shrunk down from six players to five, and they're also locking down team roles with two support, two DPS, and one tank. Um, it's a big change, obviously, because technically you don't have... I mean, there for originally you didn't have any roles, and then they kind of locked that down but with six, and now they're going down to five. Um, but they also released some of the new maps for the upcoming sequel to Overwatch. Uh, the new points of interest are Rio, New York, Rome, Toronto, and Monte Carlo. Um, obviously, they didn't get into the full details and the breakdowns of the map because the game is not out yet. But the fact that they're already listing five maps means they probably have a ton in mind for that because you wouldn't do five maps and then that'd be it. You're no. going to do probably like ten. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, and obviously add some later. Um, mm. Yeah, Overwatch isn't really... I mean, I know I used to play it quite a lot. I was just trying to think of the last time I played it. I've been playing COD for this, you know, Modern Warfare for about a year and a half. So it's been at least, let's say, two years or so. Probably a bit more since I played Overwatch. Uh, it wasn't the case that I stopped enjoying the game. I just kind of moved... I slowly sort of drifted away from it. Plus, that was on Xbox, and I got rid of my Xbox Gold, and so I didn't have the multiplayer thing, and then I just kind of realised I wasn't going to play it again. Um, the only thing I'm really interested in with Overwatch 2 is to see what they do with the story, because I think they're doing a single-player story for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they've got an interesting world and interesting characters to uh, to do that with. In fact, whenever we saw any, any of the sort of, like, shorts for the characters, those were always, like, really, really well done. So if you essentially put that as a bunch of cutscenes, and then do some single player campaign story uh campaign gameplay that that might be pretty good um but uh yeah this isn't uh, in terms of the uh yeah cutting down from six to six to five v five doesn't sound like a good idea and from what i've seen online from the overwatch community they're not really very happy about it i mean don't doesn't blizzard realize that multiplayer would be better with more people not less so if they did like a 7v7 or even a 10v10 is better than 5v5 because you think there might be some groups of people that are specifically like six groups of people so is somebody getting kicked off the team <laughs> or like substitute or some weird sort of thing like that so yeah I, and that's going to affect because obviously this is a competitive game so that's going to yeah. affect competition teams both in terms of strategy and in terms of personnel, because you're losing one person. So mm-hmm. um, it goes from there. And obviously we haven't gotten confirmations of which characters are staying and coming over to two or which new characters are all there. Maybe they'll have a whole new roster of whole new characters and it'll make more sense with five in terms of that. Mm-hmm. I did try getting into that. The problem is, is that that's one of those games where you either need to have a consistent group of friends that can meet at a consistent time and play where you can all get better at the game at the same time or you just like chaos of randos which i've never liked and it's never really been a fun game trying to do it as a rando Mm. yeah the other the other thing with that as opposed to something like battlefield or cod is because you've got characters very specifically built for different things like some of them have got shields some of them are more medic based some of them are more sort of like support based some of them are like you know the tanks or whatever so it's sort of like ideal if you pick one of each category and then you all kind of play your roles as opposed to something like cod where okay yeah you can have like reviving teammates on cyber attack but like most of you have probably got assault rifles or like one or two of you've maybe got riot shields, maybe one of you's more of an explosive person, but there isn't really sort of roles in those games. So I'm curious to see with the five v five, okay, for which which role you'd probably take out and how that affects the whole thing. So again, I think it'd be better to do the opposite, which is make it seven or eight or nine or ten v ten, as opposed to cutting it down to five. That just doesn't really make a lot of sense. So. We'll see. Um, I mean, isn't that one of the reasons that things like Battle Royale are so popular? Because it's like 100 people or whatever. So it's just like a... Yeah, but you're not trying to coordinate 20, 30 people on on the same team. Right. You know, right. I, I ran into this back in the day when I used to play um, World of Warcraft. You know, you get into the, some of those bigger raids, you're trying to coordinate 40 people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, but we'll see how it gets received when uh, we hear a bit more in the future. So... 
there we go. Uh, and again, expecting something maybe Summer Games Fest or E3 2021. Uh, let's get into some feedback then, some emails. Uh, if you'd like to send in your thoughts on what you're playing or what we've talked about or anything else related to that or to Entertainment Talk, uh, matthewentertainmenttalk.org, Twitter, eTalkUK, there's a contact page and information in your show notes. Uh, Phoebe says, hey Matt, with your interest in zombies, have you ever thought about a um, zombie game you would like to make, genre, setting, etc.? Um yeah, I have thought a few times about like, should I write a zombie story? Should I try and like, obviously, obviously, trying to make a zombie game is much different to just writing like a draft script or something like that, um, like just a normal sort of story. Uh, to be honest, if I was to make a zombie game, it would probably be too similar to Last of Us because I would go with third person. I would go with a lot of similar sort of mechanics. I would just try and put my own kind of spin on it i would probably if i was gonna make something in the world of zombies i would probably prefer to do like um a tv show i think so so i'm able to have like more time to put more sort of lore into you know what the zombies like are if there's different types of them like what causes the infection if you if there's a cure or whatever there's just be more time in a tv show to do that sort of thing so i'd be more interested in Instead of maybe a zombie game where it would kind of be too similar to Last of Us, um, I would prefer to just write like a normal story and focus on, you know, characters, survival situations, uh, story, that kind of thing. So um, I would I would like to do that. I, I thought of like drafting maybe a script or something, but I've got, the, the thing is with that, I've got kind of a few different ideas and I don't know which one I would start with because I kind of like I kind of like all the ideas I sort of roughly had there was nothing any to nothing too sort of like completely solid or whatever that I sort of went with but a lot of different maybe time periods or different type of characters there's just too many different things you could maybe do so I'd never really like chose anything um any thoughts on that yourself Robert yeah, see that we both fall in the same category, but with different ways. If I was gonna make a zombie game, it'd be too similar to State of Decay, because that's everything uh-huh. I want in a zombie game. To where it's not a frenetic, high-paced, endless gun show. It's more about you know trying to survive in the world that just happens to have zombies in it. Because you got your base building, you got your asset management, you got your resource management, you got personalities for people that generally don't. Uh, work well with each other sometimes um, and you get a lot of really interesting interactions with that um, and we know there's a State of Decay 3 coming out soon, I actually completely forgot about that till I just said that hopefully you know, oh, maybe yeah. we'll get something at this year's well. E3 <laughs> um, so mm. yeah I forgot about that as well until you just mentioned it so yeah um, kind of looking forward to it, it's, it's more of yeah I do prefer the sort of Last of Us approach which is more surviving on your own kind of thing as opposed to like a base building kind of thing uh i do like the ideas of state of decay i just much prefer what last of us does so oh yeah and that's the way everything is with anybody i mean you can't get five people in a room and agree on the best combination of toppings for a pizza you're not going to get you know any kind of consistent consistency with video games and that's kind of you know why we click as a team because we have very different you know, opinions on some games. We agree on some, disagree on others, but there we go. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but the reason why I kind of hoping that we get something State of Decay 3 this year is because the last that we heard about it was a teaser trailer almost a year ago to the day. Yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, I I do like both ideas. I just prefer the Last of Us kind of approach. So, um, but no, it's a it's a genre I'm very very interested in. I'm nowhere near burnt out on on the genre. I understand why people are, but I'm just not even remotely close to that. I mean, within within the last week, I've watched. Well, I said last week and a bit. I've watched one, if you consider maybe two episodes of Fear in the last couple of weeks. Played a bunch of The Last of Us. I've watched Army of the Dead, and I'm still kind of just like, yeah, all all, all good with it. And you know, I'm looking forward to playing more Last of Us. Looking forward to kind of the next, you know, Walking Dead episodes or Fear the Walking Dead episodes. Uh, thinking about what zombie film I should watch watch next. Um, so yeah, not not I'm I'm completely kind of on the other end where I'm still pretty fresh on all of it so um there you go uh vicky says hey robert i noticed you said in the last few weeks you said you were a little stuck for things to play have you tried any of the final fantasy games actually yeah i have i own uh 11 uh warriors of an elusive age on ps4 i played through the first ending it would I like those games stylistically. I like the concept of where they're going with it. There's just too much grind. Oh my god. And I beat the final boss, but that's not even in the final boss. There's a whole other section that you have to go through to make sure nobody has hurt feelings. I just couldn't bring myself to do it. And I could play it on my uh, Xbox. It's actually part of Game Pass right now. Uh, just so much grind. It just gets to the point. Um, and that's ironic coming from the game that we just talked about with State of Decay. I just checked my app. I've got over 200 hours in State of Decay 2. And Damn. if you look at just like achievements, it's like it's 60%. So clearly I haven't done everything and seen everything. Mm. Um, but I just don't like grind for the sake of grind. Yeah. Like I don't like the concept of being in that world and having to fight rando encounters for six hours to level up enough to the point to where I can get past this one boss mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, so we'll have to go from there. Um, I know there's like rumors of a new one coming out. Um, yeah, 16 was announced, wasn't it? Yeah, it was either announced or teased, one of the two. Um, I'd have to check on that. Um, and, I, and I'm not hating on the game. I know some people that just absolutely love it. It's just, it's not my style. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To me, when I played the 7 remake, I thought the combat was alright. I thought the characters were kind of interesting. But it got to a particular scene. And the way that the game, this might seem like a picky thing, but it really kind of threw me off. The way that the characters in a particular scene approached the situation that they were in in terms of stakes and the possibility of dying which is obviously quite a serious thing the the sort of tone around that was it really threw me off i was like okay you should all be taking this a bit more seriously because you might all die here but like one of the characters was just sort of laughing and joking and sort of like trying to flirt with cloud uh i I think it was tifa or one of them characters and Cloud was like trying to take it all seriously and he just had like this big boss fight or whatever and there were like these armed guards approaching the characters and she was still kind of laughing and joking with Cloud and the others were like not sure what to do and I was like okay tonally to me this is just kind of a bit all over the place and maybe it's kind of supposed to be a little bit like that but 
the the build up to that scene was was all right like it was being taken a bit more seriously and i'm not saying you have to like you know be all down and dreary and serious but when when you have the kind of situation that was in and the characters that were around the hero characters it's like okay i think you should kind of all look at this situation a bit differently and that just really kind of threw me off in in a weird way um so yeah plus like the the combat system was was pretty good I think I put it on like the auto thing to where you let the character do what they're going to do and then you do like special attacks now and again. That was kind of alright. But just sort of tonally and stakes wise, I just found it a bit weird. So, um, but again, that's not a knock on the game or the people that like it. Obviously, you know, people that uh, grew up with 7 on, on PS1 when they saw the remake were really, really happy about it and I'm really happy for those people. I just, uh, it just doesn't quite really work for me. So, um, and the other thing is, like, I've heard, okay, 8's good, or 9's good, or 10's good, or, like, 15 is good after 30 hours. It's like, no, I'm not doing that. Um, and, because I kind of have the interest to explore some of the others, because they're kind of all, like, anthology, aren't they? They're all, like, different characters and that. But I have no idea which one I'm supposed to go to next. I've seen a lot of, like, posters and promo and stuff for 10 and 10-2. Which I might approach, but then I've heard some like silly kind of things about it. So I I have no idea which. If I was going to go and play a Final Fantasy game, I have no idea which one I would go to. But it would probably, it might be ten. I don't know. But then I've heard good things about eight and whatever. So I'm not sure. Yeah, and if you go back to like thirteen, they say it starts to get good forty hours in. I'm like, no. <laughs> it's like I don't care if it's not if it doesn't start to get good within the first twenty or thirty seconds. I'm not that ADD, but if it takes 40 hours to start to get good, <laughs> it ain't even going to start with me. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I I remember hearing that about 15 of like, oh, it gets good after 30 hours. I'm like, 30 hours? Jesus. You could you could watch a whole CW DC season in that time. You could probably play another whole game. Um, I think if, if you take 30 hours and then how many... Of those sort of eight to twelve hour games you could play in that time, is uh, is quite a few. I mean, even with my nineteen hours forty minutes, Odd Odd Soulstorm playthrough, that was a lot less time than thirty hours, and it didn't take. It got going pretty much right from the start. So, yeah, I I don't think that that sentence, oh, it gets good after thirty hours, is that's not a good way to like try to get somebody to play something. So, or or if you're like watching a season of TV and you say, oh, this gets good after the first season or, or some first season, and you're like, okay, but then you have to get through those parts to see if you even like it. So, anyway, uh, and lastly, uh, no, sorry, two more. Uh, Harrison says Matt and a lot of others on Twitter seem a little confused about what's happening with Activision, and I agree, there seems to be no clear answer. What do you think is happening? So I think Harrison is mentioning what I was mentioning earlier. About the whole Activision, COD, Crash, Spyro developer situation. Um, I've heard a lot of different things. But we do we do know that those nine developers are working on COD. It's just not clear if they're completely working on something else. Because there was that vague weird statement about like supporting Crash 4. And like what that means. Um, but then there's also been some like new weird promo and talk about like a new Spyro game or a new Crash game. So... My, my assumption from that is you've still got those nine devs on COD, but then they're also some of those like Beanox and Toys for Bob are also doing other things as well. It's it's a bit weird. So 
I don't, I, I don't know either. And, and all of the Crash community seems to be confused about it themselves. So, well done, Activision. You confused everybody, I guess. Uh, any thoughts on that, particularly? Uh, no, not really. I mean, I don't know what they're doing either, so I couldn't really comment on that. Yeah, no, no one seems to really know what's going on. Uh, and now RT Sam says, uh, I know Matt has his doubts about Konami doing something decent, but let's do something fun. And they let's say they change their ways. What do you want them to do? Um, well, no more pachinko machines would be a good start. Um, I mean, the, the 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 kind of dream scenario would be okay. They go back, remaster, let's say all pretty much of the Metal Gear games, the ones that people care about. Uh, you remaster probably the castle, the old Castlevania games, the Silent Hill games. You do a big like public apology to Kojima, somehow get him back, or maybe he works for them through his Kojima Productions thing. Then he works on they then maybe put you know PT back on the PlayStation Store and actually finish that game. Bring uh, Guillermo del Toro, Norman Reedus, and Mads Mikkelsen back. I think it was Mads Mikkelsen. Uh, all those people back. Bring Kojima back. Finish that game off. Um, that would be a start, but most of those things, if not all of them, will probably ever happen. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's a bit of a situation. Um, but what would you, in a, in a dream scenario, what would you, uh, like Konami to do? I'll say I'd like Konami to release the, uh, Metal Gear IP to somebody else. Let them do, you know, what they want with it. Yeah. Just well, let yeah, it go. Just, yeah, just sell it. Yeah, I suppose the other dream scenario would be... Again, still do like a big public apology to Kojima because he deserves it after the way they they treated him. Then just yeah, sell Silent Hill and Metal Gear to Kojima Productions, and he just makes new games from those. So and Castlevania as well, and they just make new games of those. So, but again, probably very unlikely, which is a bit of a shame. Um, but yeah, that's what we have to talk about this week. Uh, thank you all very much for listening. We'll be back next week to talk about some other stuff. And uh, soon we'll start ramping up to all this E3 Summer Games Fest stuff. So we'll talk about that as it happens as well. And of course next week we'll talk about Horizon Forbidden West and whatever we see on Thursday. And uh, we'll see you all for, for that as well. Uh, in the meantime, you can find everything else that we do on entertainmenttalk.org for TV, video games, films and Manchester United podcast as well, so look out for those. Uh, if you'd like to support Entertainment Talk on the podcast, that would be great. There's a lot of different options for you. Uh, you can either just listen to the other stuff that we've done on entertainmenttalk.org and listen to us on podcast platforms by searching for Entertainment Talk. Uh, you can use word of mouth and social media. Simply tell people that you know what we do and where they can find it, and on social media as well. Uh, Patreon, $1.00, level tiers if you'd like to do that. Uh, for the ad-free podcast and review options, so check those out if you want to. Um, David is, is uh, I must say, David streaming. David's posting TV and film news over on Geektown, Geektown.co.uk, and Geektown Radio. Uh, look out for those uh, on Tuesday, so there'll be a new episode at some point today as well for Geektown Radio. Uh, lots of renewals and cancellations at the moment, so if you're wondering about your favourite US show and if there's another season. Uh, go over to Geek Town and see if it has survived the renewals and cancellations. So check that out. Uh, Bex is streaming quite a lot, almost pretty much daily on Twitch. Uh, Trista Bytes, Trista B-Y-T-E-S. Go and give her a follow over there. Uh, I'm also streaming uh, a lot more than I usually do as well uh, on Twitch. E-Talk UK 
um, doing my Last of Us 2 thing at the moment. So if you want to watch me play that as well, Twitch E2QK. Uh, hopefully I'll get this podcast up um, in time before the Twitch stream as well, which I should be able to. If you're able to listen to it in uh, a short amount of time, uh, I am going to be streaming as well. Uh, half past eight today and then probably half past eight on Thursday as well. So please uh, come and come along and uh, join join the stream on there. That's eTalk UK on Twitch. And uh, I think that's everything. Uh, oh yeah, the archive streams as well. You can find those if you miss them on YouTube later. Entertainment Talk Plays. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>